You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. I don't know about you, but getting the opportunity to sing together with you week after week is one of the things that thrills me. Um, for those of you who have been at this church a long time and um, wondered if there would be a day that the sound of people singing would fill this room, um, I know you get to enjoy that with me. God is good. I want to encourage you to come tonight. Um, when you hear the invitation to come to a members meeting to hear information, um, I know you're like, well, you know, do I need to... Uh, you're going to hear a vision tonight. You're going to hear uh, things that we are actually presenting before you for you to consider prayerfully for several weeks the lead up to a vote at the end of March. And so I know some of you are going to reset, which is the missions thing. Um, and so uh, not that you are looking for a pass from your pastor, uh, but you get a pass to go to reset and continue that. But if you're a covenant member, please come today and hear what God is doing in your church and, and celebrate with us. Be a part of it. and Come, be a part. Um, we are going to continue our series today that we have called Growing in All or Grow in All. And what we did uh, for the first part of this series is look at a psalm, Psalm 19. We finished that last week and we are beginning Psalm 145. And we're going to go verse by verse through this um, psalm. Today we are covering a whole bunch. We are covering two verses, and in those two verses is a whole bunch. Today we come to Psalm 145, and, and I'm going to say this before we read it, before we pray together. We need this truth. We need the beauty of this psalm to help us today. I am coming before you as one beggar leading other beggars to grow in awe of God. I do not have, I, I confess that I cannot say that I master everything that we're going to see from this psalm, but I'm striving with you to receive help from this psalm. It seems that there are so many things competing and, and vying for our heart and our affections, and to think on, and to worship, and to be in awe of. There are oh, so many things that are competing for that part of your life every day, and there, alongside that, there are also so many other things that are demanding our attention, and our duty, and our task, and our, there are frustrations and stressors that maybe we created, or maybe just affect us because somebody else is creating them. There are irritations in life, maybe irritations that we are a part of and involved with, or maybe there are irritations on the outside of our circle, but coming into our circle. Maybe we just get irritated with life. Maybe we get irritated with one another, get irritated with our spouses, get irritated with our children. I know no one in this church probably struggles with that, but I also know that's not true. This is one of those passages we desperately need 
that help us build our life. So where you are tempted to feel or hang on to some sort of moment of shame from what you're about to read, know that the Lord is wanting to make alive and aware in your life things that he's inviting you out of. So leave the shame. Leave what it is that you regret and come and learn with me how to have the life that we see in Psalm 145. I pray that this psalm helps us grow in awe of God and that it leads us to some practical applications of how to do that, how to live that kind of life. Okay, have I set it up enough for you yet? Today, we are looking at verses 1 through 2. I don't feel like I embellished anything in my heart's desire for you and for me for this series. I, I, I am that interested in seeing what this will do in our lives. Psalm 145, verse 1 and 2. A song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. God, I, I ask for your help for every one of us. Help me be faithful to the word. Help me not to get in the way of what you want us all to learn and to hear. Help all the different people that have come into this room on this day on purpose, for your purpose, to speak to them, teach them, show them the grand invitation to be in awe of you above everything else. Help us to see it. Help us to want it, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we see from the beginning, if we're going to go verse by verse, we need to go word for word. And we see from the beginning here in verse 1 that this is a song of praise. A song of praise. This is the last psalm in the recording book of psalms that we have here uh, that is accredited to David. In Psalm 145, we see that this is a hymn that is an, an explosion of praise. It's not just a song of praise. It's an explosion of praise of the Lord's goodness, of his generosity, of his great work. One remarkable feature of this psalm is the way in which David uses so many different words that describe praising. For example, throughout this psalm, he uses words like this, praise, extol, exalt, bless, Praise again, again, commend, declare, meditate, speak, pour forth. You use that today? Uh, today I'm going to pour forth some speech. Pour forth, sing aloud, give thanks. One commentator says this, the author has exploited all the vocabulary that he can muster to describe this great activity of praising God. And he uses also terms for how much God is to be praised. 
For example, forever and ever, for all generations, everlasting. This psalm is David exploding with praise. Spurgeon says this about David here. David has blessed God many times in many other psalms, but this is his crown jewel of praise. So, at this point, all the other people who will be preaching in the series are like, wow, he just set this up to be really big and heavy. This is God's word, and we see that it is a song of praise. God, we just saw it in Psalm 40 with our call to worship. Who gives us the song? God gave David this song to sing out for people in all generations to hear it and go, ooh, I like that song. I want to be a part of that song. I want us to notice that this song of praise is really the lifestyle of praise for David. This is a lifestyle, not just a song. This is his life song. This is what I want us to do, is I want us to, with David, say, I will choose this day to build my life like this. I invite every one of us to even right now pray that in your own prayer life to the Lord right now. Lord, help me to choose this day to live a life like this. Let's look at this lifestyle. Let's look at this life song of praise that God gave to David and that David's giving back to him. We see that it is a life that's living in all. To grow in all, to grow in all, we must choose to live in all, to be constantly wowed by something. And what we are in awe of really matters because it can easily become our lifestyle. Like what it is that we're worshiping, what we're in awe of is so important because our life, our hands, our feet, our, our activities are going to adjust to whatever it is that wows us. We're going to build our life on that. So I'll, I'll insert this reminder from our Savior. Jesus says the enemy comes. There, there are these two plans for your life. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's words from the mouth of our Savior. The first part of this Statement is there's a plan for your life. You wake up and you're thinking, oh, I've already snoozed eight times. I've already, I'm ahead of the snooze today. However it is you wake up, you put your, before you even put your toes on the floor, there's a plan marked out for you, a plan to destroy, steal, and kill your family, your children, your marriage. There's a plan to wreck your life. Jesus goes on to say, The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life abundantly. There's a plan for your life to be wrecked today, and there's a plan for your life to be blessed abundantly today. It all begins with where we are in all. See, the life of all can lead to an awful life, and the life of all can lead to an awesome life. 
There's a life that you can lead. Like I'm an awe and it's going to go awful for me because I started an awe down this way looking and being in awe of this and it's become awful. Things have been stolen. Things have been killed in my life. The joy and the hope have been deteriorating. It's awful. But there's an awesome path that Jesus is saying, I've come to give you life and abundantly. And if you follow my teaching and follow my, it's going to be like you're building on the rock. And it will not be awful. It will be life for you. David here provides an example of what living in all and having and experiencing that life that is awesome, what it looks like. It's the constant attention, and focus of being wowed by God. It's to be stunned by him. It's to want him more than you want anything else. So let's look and see how to live this life of all with God. First of all, you make the choice to do that. David is choosing to live in awe of God. He's making a choice. David's song here is the declaration of his choice that he has made. This is a song of Israel. This is the song of Abraham's children. This is the song of David. I will extol you, my God. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day, I will, I will, I will do this. If someone followed you from day after day after day, what would they say is the song of your life? The song of praise in David's life begins with, I will extol you. I will worship you. I will. Now picture with me as David is singing this, who this is. Like this, imagine with me David's circle. King David must have been continually surrounded by advisors with different songs. Constant, consistent bombardment about what needs his attention, what needs his decisions, what needs he needs to be focused on constant bombardment of David you should be in all of this you should be wowed by this you should be floored by this you'd be shocked by this you should be awed by this constantly surrounded by what he should be anxious about what he should be concerned about as leaders does anyone ever come to you and say you should be more concerned about this than you are imagine David's circle constantly telling him what he should feel, what he should think, what he should decide. Imagine the constant presentation after presentation of ideas, innovations, invitations, opportunities he should be pursuing as king. Imagine the temptations day after day after day. Notice David's answer and resolve for his life song is this, I will extol God. It was clear that in David's circle, it was probably clear to David's circle that this is a king that's choosing God 
first and not just first. Not first like, okay, I've done the God thing this morning. Let me move on to the money-making thing. Let me move on to the celebrating my own life thing. Let me No, this is a song of praise and a lifestyle of a man who puts God as the center of everything, the hub of the will, where all the other spokes are coming from that. God is the one he extols. We could, he is worthy of it all. You could sing, and it wouldn't sound near as pretty. You're the hub of it all. You're the center of it all. That's what David is doing here. Imagine the control. You, maybe that's the first thing you thought of is, well, he's the king. He can control his schedule. He can do whatever one. Anybody in leadership knows that the more you rise in leadership, the more you just really have the opportunity to learn how much you don't control. What you learn is the more responsibilities you have, the more things you have, and the, and the more you see things falling apart, you're like, wow, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. Wow, I didn't see that coming. And then, oh, then you got these accusations. Why didn't you see that coming? Why didn't you do this? You just realize, yeah, I'm not in control. David knows he's not in control. Often in life, we feel out of control. Things happen around us. Things happen to us. Things happen on the fringe outside of our circle that come in and invade us. We often feel so out of control that the stress and the anxiety and the pressures encroach on us so much that we don't even think that we can be in awe of God at all because these are so much in our life and we're more in awe of those things. Here, David's song, he's not speaking for Israel. He's not speaking for his family. He's not even speaking for his enemies. He says, I can't control all them. I will do this. I, sorry, I will extol God. Even though all this is going on around me, I'm making the decision that God's voice, God's role will be the loudest in my life. David is saying, I've noticed what is best. I've noticed what is right. And even if others do not, I will worship God. This was a decision that um, my family made. When I say my family, it was the family that I inherited. I had nothing to do with this decision that was made. It was something that uh, when anybody came to ring our doorbell uh, at our house on the home that I grew up in, there was this plaque right above that doorbell, and it was a quote from Joshua chapter 24. Now let me give you the context here and read verse 14 before we read verse 15. The context here is Joshua is, is given this word and he's leading the people here. And he says, now therefore the fear of the Lord, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. He's calling the people to, to, to focus in on God. Put away the gods of your fathers, uh, the gods that your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes, to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers 
the ones that they served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And then here it is. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's a lot going on here in a culture where everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Everyone's kind of doing what feels good for them that's going to help their family move up the ladder or help their family do here. Joshua's making a declaration here. His song, his lifestyle song is this. As for me and my house, he's the hub. How about you? Is that your song? We come back to here in David's Psalm 145. And he says, I will extol. Do you use that word much? If you grab the pew book in front of you or if you have the CSB, it's the word exalt. I will extol you, my God and my king, to discern. This is a determination and a decision to extol. It means to publicly proclaim something. Other words for extol, it means to to be raised high, to be lifted high, to be exalted. It is the public declaration about something or someone that is known as worthy of praise and glory. And David has weighed out the alternatives. He's seen all these things. He's matched everything up. And he says, I have chosen to extol and exalt God. So with this very real in very public decision, we see that David highlights the, the personal part of this. I will extol you, my God. Amidst all the generational testimonies, amidst all the praises and the, and the things that's going on, David has a personal relationship with God. I, he is personally connected. I will extol you, my God. We see David's personal decision, choosing to worship him, to put God at the hub of his life is personal to him. He can have this personal relationship with God. Let me ask you this morning, is he personal to you? Is he? Can you say, even if, The band blows it on a Sunday. You're coming on Sunday, and let's say they're all sick. I'm going to come up there, and I'm going to sing, because he's personal to me. Or maybe you won't come up here. Maybe you just sing where you are. What if David relied on his relationship with God to be the relationship that his brothers had with God? Do you remember the story of David and Goliath? Do you remember the lead up he was coming to bring? He was so little, he was so young, not really able to go and, and, um, and fight the army. So he's tending to the sheep and he leaves his family to go deliver some goods and support to his brothers who are fighting in the army. He walks up on the scene. Do you remember the story? What does he see? Does he see a bunch of men like, yes, for God, I choose him. He's my center. no. His brothers that he watched and grew up watching are cowering in fear. Why? They are in awe of one man, Goliath. What if David had that faith? What if he said, well, I can't have my personal relationship with God. It's got to be the personal relationship that my brothers have with God. I'm borrowing from them. No, you can have a personal relationship with God. And David had that in Basically, 
modern day vernacular, he just basically said, Goliath, you are in the way. There is one that is more awesome than you. Get out of my picture. He had a personal relationship with God. What if David had the relationship with God that his predecessor, King Saul, did? Eventually, he would come to say, well, my God is not as important as my feelings for my own worth, which is what King Saul ended up doing. One of our three E's that we have of our church is, and we pray for these things, encounter, equip, and engage. And every week, we pray that you would have a personal encounter with the Lord that you personally would have an encounter. You don't have to read about it. You don't have to go look at somebody, but you would have an encounter with the Lord. David extols God as his God. It's personal. Our prayer is that we would all have this kind of joy and hope and vibrancy and real connection with God personally. Do you have that? Jesus came to give you personal access to God. Yes, we are saved to a body. We are saved to belong to the church. But you, on this day, are invited through Christ and his blood and what he's done for you on the cross to have access to God. Is your relationship with God personal? Or are you borrowing from mom or dad or grandma or brother or sister? So David continues with his public determined decision of worshiping a God personally. I will extol you, my God. And now we're going to jump all the way to the next two words. I will extol you, my God and king. Did you catch that? Here we have a king submitting to the king. David describes God as a king. He describes God as his king. He describes God as the king. This is important because, yes, we often see God as a creator, a provider, a protector, a father, a lover of his people. Yes, all, along with all of these things, all of these good things, we must remember this. God rules. Now, if you were a child of the 80s like I was, you heard that differently than what I intended it. God rules, man. <laughs> Not entirely what I mean there. He is the ruler. He provides rules. He has demands for his kingdom. He has expectations of his creation and his order. He rules it all, all peoples, all nations, all of those who, um, who we don't know who will come after us. We'll look at that a little later about the generations to come. Yes, he is knowable through Christ. He is personal, but he is the king, and he does and he will rule. And one day, every knee will bow to the ruler who is God. David says, he is my God, he is my king. This is also important because as God, I mean, as David addresses God as his king, 
he's magnifying God's majesty over his own majesty. He's saying, your rules, your ways are bigger than even mine as a king of my kingdom. May your kingdom swallow up this kingdom. May your kingdom be over this kingdom. In fact, I want all of my kingdoms to submit and become part of your kingdom. As for me and my house, I want it to be under your rule. Not mom's rule. Sorry, moms. Not dad's rule. Under the rule. The other thing that's so important here is we bow to kings or we salute kings. We bow to kings. As a king, David is bowing to the king. There is one who is worthy and majestic enough for all men to bow and to extol. There is one king worthy of such adoration and worship. It is my God and my king. What this means for us is this. We cannot daily extol and exalt something that is less than us. We just can't. You might try to. You might realize I'm going to extol and exalt and praise my grandchildren. And you do. And we see pictures and it's celebration. And you're like, just wait, son. You're, you're going to be a granddad one day. But here, if we're honest, grandparents, you keep your kids age four, six, and eight, and ten, and however many it is. And the, your kids say, I'm going to drop off the kids to you for a week. And you're like telling everybody about I can't wait. It's going to be great. Get them for a whole week. It's going to be fun at grandpa's land, and we're going to have all this fun. And then all of a sudden, the parents come and pick up the kids and take them. Let's be honest. <laughs> On Sunday night, when they're leaving, you're like, whoo. Wow. It's time for me to get my life back. It's time for me to do this. It may last for only 24 hours until you're like, oh, I miss them again. I can't wait to see them again. But there's, there's an exhausting part of that. Because we exalt and we praise, and there's something loving and pure about that. I'm not trying to shame all you guys who dote about your gang. I want that. Please give me a pic- oh, I need to be careful. I'm going to get a lot of emails now. Anyway, <laughs> dote on them. It's fun. But here's the thing. Children grandchildren, bosses, husbands, wives make very poor gods. They don't fill you. We don't bow to our children. We don't salute our grandchildren. We, like David, want a life of song and praise where our grandchildren are at the hub. God's at the hub. And not only is he at the hub, he's ruling, so I'm submitting my life to him. Who do you bow to? What's your posture like with the activities in your life? Because whatever it is, that's what you're in awe of. So David's mouth is declaring and David's life posture is shouting, I will extol my God and my King. In order to have this kind of awe, we must live in awe. If we're, in order for us to, to live in awe, we must, this is first point, we must choose this. We must choose to worship 
the Lord. And here's the thing. We must choose to do it. Secondly, here's the second point. We must choose to do it daily. Don't worry. Second point's not as long as the first point. We must choose to do this daily. A song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and I'll bless your name forever and ever. Verse 2. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. I think, I may not be right here, but I think this is right. I think the key to doing anything forever and ever and ever begins with you doing it today. Makes sense, right? If I'm going to be doing something forever, if I'm going to be known when I die at 90 or 80 or 52, whenever it is that I was living a life of this, then that means every day of my life was doing this. You cannot count on doing something to the end if you do not do it today. David chooses to live in awe of God every single day. Not just Sundays, not just Fridays, not just on those days when the weather's 70 and you get to bring out the sandals and the burks and you're like, yeah, this is why I live in Texas. You don't want to live with that because guess what? July's coming. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Other than mealtime, how often do you take time to just sit and thank God? Just be in awe of who he is. This says, I will bless you. This doesn't say every day I'm going to ask that you will do this. Now, there is a way we bless God by coming to him for help. We'll, we can talk about that as part of our prayer life. But my question is, how often other than meals do you just say, thank you, God, for, and fill in the blank, with nothing else? I want to encourage you to start today. Four to six minutes. Four to six minutes in the morning, four to six minutes in the evening before you go to bed. Guess what? You're supposed to brush your teeth for two minutes. If you didn't know that, don't take anything else. At least take that. Two minutes. You're supposed to floss. That's about two minutes. That's four minutes of just working on this stuff. So before you go do that, just take four minutes to go into your closet if you have to. Sarah Edwards, with all the kids running around, would put her apron over her head. And the kids knew that's time that mom has with God. Go get an apron if you need it, but go to the closet. Go sit in your van. Go outside, take your shoes off and feel the grass. If you don't know what to say, just go, wow, God, thank you for grass under my toes. Look up, Psalm 19. Look up at the stars and just thank him for being in control of the stars. Whatever, four to six minutes. You're not asking anything. You're just saying, bless you. Bless you. See what happens the next parts of your morning. See what happens with your bedtime. We carry so much weight and baggage and stress and anxieties to the bed. Just pause. Say, thank you, Lord, for who you are. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. David chooses to be in awe of God. He chooses to live that way every single day. And David chooses to live in awe of God every type of day. It's not just every single day. 
every type of day. He's, you don't make it to the end forever and ever and all your days are perfect. You don't make it to the end and all your days you've never sinned. You know the story of David and Bathsheba, but do you know the story of Psalm 51, which is his response? Blessed be your name, O Lord. Thank you for your grace. Help me to teach transgressors not to do what I just did. You have made me whiter than snow. Every type of day is worthy of us bowing to the king and celebrating the king I want to read to you a type of day that David was having, Psalm 42. We're going to look at the just eight verses. Psalm 145, may my life song be praise and glory to you every day, forever and ever. Well, this is one of those days. Verse 1. As a deer longs for streams, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? So there's a feeling there. Wait a minute, there's some distance here, God. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's that, like what's what's happening. When I want to come, I want to be before you. So there's that feeling on this day. That he's longing, he's panting, he's thirsting. He doesn't, there's not this feeling of I'm overwhelmed with satisfaction. I'm full, let's go. No, there's this longing and panting here on this day. Verse three, my tears have been my food day and night. Why all day long people say to me, where is your God? He is crying so much on this day that he's not even eating. You ever been so depressed and so dark that you don't even, like, what is food? I'm not there yet, but there have been days. That's what David is feeling here. Verse four, I remember this. And here you hear what happens in his heart. I remember this as I pour out my heart how I walked with many, leading the festive procession to the house of God in joyful and thankful shouts. So even on this dark day, he's remembering days that weren't like this. So why, oh my soul, are you so dejected? Another translation says, why are you so downcast? You ever feel that way? Why are you in so much turmoil? Put your hope And God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. I am deeply depressed. Therefore, I'm going to remember you from the land of Jordan and the peaks of Harmon and from the Mount of Mazar. Deep caused deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your billows have swept over me. The Lord will send his faithful love by day. And his song will be with me in the night, a prayer to the God of my life. David, in one, Psalm 145, we're seeing a singer 
who says every single day, every type of day. Psalm 42 is proof every type of day. There are days we have in our life where the grass doesn't feel like the grass should feel. The stars don't wow us like it should wow us. Instead, we got all these problems mounting up and we got waves coming up on us. That's still when you have those four to six times to say, you know what, Lord? You're still there. I will still praise you. Do you ever preach to yourself? I do. I need to. Sometimes preaching to myself lands better in my time of depression than somebody else preaching at me. But it's what you're preaching to yourself is what matters. David's not saying, let me run away from it all. Let me cast all the problems away. Let me get rid of it. Let me choose a different God. No, you are still my God. You are still ruling my heart. Sometimes extolling God and bowing to him as king is seen best when life is hard. When people want to say to you, where is your God? Don't answer them. Just go to that four to six minutes every day and say, God, you're my God. My hope is not in them. My hope is in you. People of grace, no matter what you might face this week, no matter what path that you find yourself on, there is joy. There is hope for you. Join the song of a lifestyle that says right now, in this time, we're going to sing three songs. So I hope you don't get tired of singing. We're about to explode with the song where you can fill in your own way to say it, but God, you're still God. You're the hub of my life. No matter what you're going through, Let's not applaud or critique or evaluate revivals going on all over else. Right here, right now, God is speaking to you. I want to revive you right here, right now. Give me your life. Make it personal. Bow to him and sing to him on this day, and you won't be alone. I'll sing with you. We'll cry with you. And together, and with David, we will say the thief is not stealing this day, not killing this day, not destroying this day. I'm choosing to be in awe of God. Let's pray. Lord, oh, how we need you. Jesus, it is only possible for us to have access to God in a personal way. Because you came and died for our sins. You've made us whiter than snow. So, Anyone in this congregation that needs to confess and run to you, Lord, free them to do that right now. Anyone here, Lord, that just needs to simply say, God, be the hub of my life. Lord, please lead them to do that and to be free. God, I pray that we would all join together in declaring with David, for all my life, I will extol my God. And my King, help us, O oh God. As you put the song in our heart, may you receive the song back to your glory forever.